What's up, everybody? You are listening to Switch Flicks, the podcast where we love and hate movies at the same time. I'm your host, Omar, and I'm here with my favorite prophet from another planet. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. How's it going? You know, I think that my uh, girlfriend... Okay. She was a nomad, lived in the desert for a very long time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I think this is true because uh, she can remain dry for days. Switch Flicks. The rules of the podcast are simple. Haisam and I review something. One of us will have to love it. One of us will have to hate it. And who does what will be determined by the flip of a coin. The coin of fate. The coin of fate. The coin of fate. The catch is that at any point in our debate, we can use the switch to change positions. So if you loved it, you now hate it. And if you hated it, you now love it. Spoilers, as always. Today, we are reviewing Dune Part 1. Let us begin with our patented one-breast synopsis. <clears throat> Here we go. Dune titled on screen is Dune Part 1 is a 2021 American epic science fiction film directed by Denis Villeneuve. It is the first of a planned two-part adaptation of the 1965 novel of the same name by Frank Herbert, primarily covering the first half of the book in the far future of humanity. Duke Leto Atreides accepts the stewardship of a dangerous desert planet, Arrakis, also known as Dune, the only source of the most valuable substance in the universe, Melange, known as Spice, a drug that extends human life, provides superhuman levels of thought, and makes faster than light level practical... Though Leto knows the opportunity is an intricate trap set by his enemies, he takes his many Jesuit concubine, Lady Jessica Young's son, Paul, and heir Paul. The most trusted advisors to Arrakis, Leto takes control of the spice mining operation, which is made perilous by the presence of giant sandworms. A bitter betrayal leads Paul and Jessica to the Fremen natives of Arrakis who live in the deep desert. And that's just what happens in the first half of the Oh my god, oh my god. I'm now about to flip the coin of fate. If it lands on heads, you love. Dune part one. If it lands on tails, you hate it. Here goes nothing. Heads. I love it. You love Dune part one. Literally the most epic sci-fi movie of all time. Literally the best piece of sci-fi filmmaking I have ever seen. Dune part one just leaves me excited about what's to come. I cannot wait for the conclusion of this story. Denis Villeneuve has created a masterpiece. Been there, doing that. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I have, this is just a retread of every science fiction and fantasy trope put on screen. This, is, this is the origin of yep. science fiction and fantasy uh, tropes. And... Uh, I think, you know, you're right. Uh, this movie is a masterpiece, but it's just a prologue. I can't wait what's going to come next because it hasn't even started. This movie isn't even a part one. It is It is a, it, it's like the, you know, in, in, in Star Wars, they have like the pre-screen text before they start a movie. That's what this film feels like. It is incomplete. It's not a film. It's nothing. It's, you know, they call it part one. I doubt it's going to make a part two. Uh, this movie is completely unsatisfying. You know, this is a film that uh, is part one, yes, and it needs its part two. It is the story has to be completed, and that's okay. You know, we, we you know we don't have to have the full story in one film. We are now waiting for the conclusion of it. This is a perfect part one. You know, this is this is the setup 
for the next film. And that's great because it gives us so much. If they tried to cram everything into this movie and make it all in like two and a half hours, this epic story would have felt shortchanged. This movie is just exposition and it is setting the table. It's not a film. It's not satisfying. You know, maybe part two comes out and we see the full story and then I'll say, wow, what a great film. But the movie, what we saw as it is, is not a film. Like, it's just, like, it's like reading the back of, of a book, like, t- t- telling us what's going to happen it's next. It's a setup. It's, you're meeting the characters. You're, you're learning about the, 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 the lore of the place. You're seeing the incredible visuals. You're experiencing the brutal betrayal of the family. You're, you're, you're setting up who the characters are and where they're going. I mean, this is so uh, delicately handled by Denis Villeneuve. So what Villeneuve. I'm left with is this film that is just, you know, it's like, it's like a fluffer. You know, you know? <laughs> It's a fluffer? It's a fluffer. It's a fluffer. Right? It's just, so it, did you get hard? It's just, mean, it's yeah, a it's a movie that's fluffing me <laughs> and then you, but leaving, no release. Right? It's cock tease, <laughs> right? It's cock-tease. And it's like, maybe four years <laughs> from now you'll get to finish. Well, you know what the problem with you is that you're so used to like your TikTok and right. your Insta stories and your your lack of attention span yep. that you don't have the mental capacity to actually appreciate something no. of the scale and you have no patience. You keep talking about uh, the scale of this film. You're right. This is an epic story, which is why it should have been a TV show. That's what this movie needed to be to really be able to explore what this film well, is. All the, the great stories. thing is that there is a TV uh, series spinoff oh, that's never going to come. Also going that's to happen. Never going to. It's happen. never going to come. Promises, promises. It's like like the fluffer situation. <laughs> yes. It all comes back to the fluffer Look, situation. Let us just say that as far as the sci-fi element of this film is concerned, this has set a new bar for sci-fi films in general. The visualization of the mechanisms of, of this, this futuristic uh, um, uh, empire, the, the, the spaceships, the weaponry, the suits, the, the, the look and feel of it is just beyond imagination. Switch. It feels like it's beyond the imagination of a child. <laughs> If a child had drawn these pictures and then turned them into something visual that you could put on screen, maybe, maybe. But you know what? The fact is that all of this is just stolen. It's stolen from manga. Okay, it's all stolen from like, you know, uh, anime. You know, we've seen these these types of things before. We've seen, you know, big spaceships shooting rockets and stuff. I mean, it's nothing to get excited about. This film is completely awe-inspiring in its design and its conception. It brings to life Frank Herbert's epic, incredible vision. We see things that we have never seen before. There are shots in this scene that literally made me cry just from like how the scale of it and how beautiful it was. I, I cry. Yeah, but you cry easily. You cry at everything. I mean, I literally, like, I will just, I, I will say, hey, Sam, are you having a bad hair day? You what? cry. <laughs> you know? Hey, Sam, uh, you know, uh, what's this sweater you're wearing? Wow. You, know? you will it's, cry. It's brand new. You know? You're crying. Yeah, no. You're crying right now. So my point is that beyond the sci-fi element of it, all right, the cast is just terrible right who chooses to have these these you know infantile uh, you know uh, incapable actors incapable incapable actors coming in oh oh they're big hollywood names oh who cares oh my you god you know they were just trying to 
uh, attach b- big names to the to the to the film so that people will come and see it to fool them into coming and seeing it. Timothy Chalamet. Timothy. Timothy Chalamet. What kind of a name is Timothy? It is perfect. He's perfectly cast. Okay. Uh, t- Timothy. His Chalamet. jaw. It's all about. It's just because he has a jaw that is like a perfect jaw dropping. Triangle. He's jaw dropping. <laughs> Chalamet. I. Uh, <laughs> Chalamet. I have some. I have some. Okay. You, you know. Call, is, he should call. Call me by his name. Okay, oh, that's what that's what I want. Call you Timothy. He's beautiful. He is. So that's it. So he looks. He's, he's he looks nice. He's so talented. talented. He's an up and coming talented. All actor. he does is mumble the entire film. Oh, I'm so upset at everything that is happening. And uh, and the rest of the cast, right? We have Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. What a joke! Aquaman uh, coming in. To, Aqu- to, uh, yeah. You know, actors aren't just the character that they play. Right? <laughs> he's not. They're, he's I thought not it was just, Aquaman. Like literally, a- Aquaman coming into Aquaman. Play. In the desert, like it how- doesn't make sense, right? You're playing underwater in one movie, and now you're in the desert in another. I mean, it's just very confusing. He was this this role was tailor made for him. He's perfectly cast. The action that he, the physicality that he brings to this performance is beautiful. Like they did a better job casting in the 1984 version. <laughs> Sting should have been in this film. Our, I feel that's like- ridiculous. Okay, you're comparing Sting, Sting. to Oscar Isaac in this film, right? Uh, oh, Oscar Isaac. And his beard. Oh, look at me. I've got a beard now. I'm a professional actor. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is like front to back, filled with stalwarts of their profession. Stalwarts. Right, Oscar Isaac brings such a presence to this film, and the guy—I don't know who plays the bad guy in this film. Stellan Skarsgård. With that Stellan Skarsgård, he's unrecognizable. Exactly. He, oh god, the makeup. He just put in a fat suit. Oh my! Is that that really Stellan Skarsgård? That's Stellan Skarsgård in a fat suit. What a creepy, disgusting performance! Like perfect, and he's such an intimidating figure. Ah, They did it better, David Lynch. Lynch did it better, okay? David Lynch just nailed it the first time around. I honestly don't know why they didn't just follow his vision, you know? The Stellan Skarsgård in this film, he's just dour and he's, he's, you know, he's just very like, you know, slimy. And, you know, in the original, he was manic, you know, the, 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 the Baron uh, was, was, was nuts. He was crazy. He had warts on his face, you know, like, why didn't they do that? I think what they did with his character, with his costumes, with the world building, right? This film has the best world building I think I've ever seen in any film ever. Oh, because because it's based on a book that already had the world built so they just they just literally took what was already there took some anime references and and put it together it is such a dense and original world that has been created and just putting that on screen is a feat on its own it is full of such interesting ideas like for example the suit the the the, still suit yes where you know where where you see the blue and the red and you the way that it is communicated oh you're talking about the uh the the shield Shields, yes. Right. The, the way, shields. The way yeah. it's communicated onto the screen visually and thematically. Doesn't and even what it- compare to the original 1984 <laughs> version. What I want to see when I see a shield, I want to literally see a mirror well, covering the, props, the person the, completely. The, the, okay? <laughs> I don't want to see some little blue flicker or red flicker. 
Yeah, what is that? What kind of a shield is that? Huh? You know, are you really comparing this? One hundred, the- absolutely, the, the original and best version that, and he pulled it off in one movie. Wow. You don't need two movies. He made a five-hour movie that was then <laughs> cut down by the studios. He's disowned that film. David Lynch doesn't like that film. How can you say that it's a good movie? David, we know David Lynch has lost his mind. Okay, <laughs> we know that. All right. All I'm saying is that this was an unsuccessful uh, attempt to recreate the magic of the original film. Switch. <laughs> the original film, which we shall never speak of again, was uh, a misfire, you know? And thank God that Denis Villeneuve has come back and been able to rework the epic story of Dune into something that we have today. You know, uh, we were talking about the incredible cast <laughs> that was just so perfectly <laughs> chosen, you know, for this film. You know, Dave Batista coming back in for another collaboration with Denis Villeneuve. You know, you had like, you just had an, uh, just an incredible, you incredible. You mean Dave Batata? Dave okay. Batata. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dave Batata. We don't right. need him in this that's film. Right. You know, and then, you know, and then we're talking about just Denis Villeneuve's visual treatment even beyond the science fiction you know just the poetic language that he uses to cut between you know the dream state and and the the, the, the mystical and the real it's confusing it's it's what it is okay how's it's, it confusing it's just, it's confusing because what's real what's fake everything's just a mishmash of cultures just a like mishmash Denis Villeneuve. Is he French? Is he, is he from Montreal? Yes, he's from no, Montreal. It doesn't make sense. Okay, you're either French or you're Canadian. You can't <laughs> be French Canadian. Okay? Of course you can be and French Canadian. And, and that's what this movie does. That's what Denis, Denis Villeneuve. Denis Villeneuve. Chalamet. What are these names? Okay, it's what are these name. stupid names? Okay, call him by a different name. Villeneuve. Okay. It means new city. And he's created a new city. <laughs> It means villain now, because he's now a villain who's created this terrible vision of the future, okay? But, sorry, you were saying something. I was saying that if you were having trouble distinguishing between the dream states and the, and, and the, the, you know, the waking states, it's just because, you know, of your intellectual inferiority. <laughs> it's not because of the fact that, that, that the movie was confusing at all. No, because the movie- This is a movie whose story progresses around a character who is literally set to be the most powerful creature in the universe. I, but I didn't get that from this movie because this movie doesn't get they there. They say that like a million times. This movie has, it that doesn't go anywhere. Sadrach. <laughs> that, oh, by the way, let's talk about all the Arab imagery in this film, by Absolutely. the way. Okay? Beautiful How references. All the culture appropriation that they bring into this film, it is disgusting. I, 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 I'm surprised this movie isn't banned in the UAE. <laughs> that it's not it needs to be banned in the Middle East. <laughs> well, first of all, let me tell you something. Okay. Initially in the book, what what there's literally they talk about the jihad. Yes. In the book, in the book, you know the holy war that yeah. they predict will be happening to wrest control of the galaxy from the empire is called the jihad, right? And in order to make it more accessible to the public, they remove the word jihad <laughs> and put holy war. Wow. You know? No. So they, they have kept- been they've been extremely sensitive about the way that 
you know, the Arabic no. cultural appropriation the, the Arabs, would be handled. The Arabs in this movie are savages who live in they're the desert. Not, they're not savages then, at all. They're they're an extremely sophisticated civilization that is connected to to the, their land. They are extremely respectable and they're great yeah, fighters. Th- that's all they are. They're fighters and they have to live in the sand and you know they need this white savior prophet guy to come and show them the way. Oh, so now we're going to be talking about the white savior prophet? Is that what we're that's talking what about? That's what the movie he's is. He's not a white savior he's, prophet. He's the most powerful white being in the world. He's just, just because he happens to be white. You can't be racist. No. Why are you so racist like, against white people? In the movie, he literally, like, you know, they're like, we know everything about the desert. But then he, being this white guy, magically knows everything there is to know it's about the desert. because he's been genetically bred over <laughs> centuries. He's not just some random white guy. How is that supposed to sound less racist? <laughs> Look, the point is that this he's was genetically superior yeah, to them. Genetically superior uh, to them at all. He's the he's the product of careful breeding by the Bene Gesserit yes. in order to create the like, supreme being. Uh, like an Aryan. Like he's <laughs> like an he's part of the Aryan race. He's not an Aryan. Through, no, he's like, not. He is not about his skin tone or his skin color. Sure. He's it is about who he it's not about his whiteness. It's about his heart. Okay, his in of his course. internalness. Because okay? Arabs are savages who don't have no, hearts. No, but this is not at all. Switch, just switch, switch. This film is such a great allegory about what people think of the Arab world. It's an allegory about, uh, you know, the Gulf War. It's an allegory about uh, what's happening with oil, with all these, the empire coming to the Arab world and trying uh, to take it for their own. Like this movie is spreading the word of what's really happening in the Arab world. Right. Okay. All right. So you think that this entire film is a political statement? Absolutely. That is just meant to be a, a, a statement by Denis Villeneuve about what's happening in the Arab world? It's- I mean, how egotistical are you as someone who is not Arab, <laughs> who lives in the Arab world, if you think that this whole story is just about that? This is about... And, you know, this is, this is... And it's, by the way, as if it hasn't been done before... Uh, Avatar, anyone? <laughs> okay. Avatar did it better. Okay. All right. It's an entire planet that is run by blue savages. Okay. All right. Who are they supposed to be representing? Arabs? No, they're representing Indians. Indian, <laughs> American, American Indians. Indians, right? So it's just about any colonialist pursuit. Look, it's a it's a low hanging fruit. All the, right. So so please spare me that this is some kind of genius, uh, you know, really representation. Is, there's element, so much okay? depth that is there's going been on. There's colonization the- going on since the British Empire. <laughs> no, since before that. Yeah. You know, it's just it's not exactly something new. All right. It's uh, the Vella new, if anything. Okay, <laughs> it's brand new the way it is showed. Fine, fine, fine. Okay, fine. So, so, so you know, so they, they're using the trope of the colonizer versus the colonized as if we don't have enough of that in real life that we need to go to the movies and watch it and you know and spend more of our time well we get to know? watch it in this amazing action filled spectacle action. right what action oh are you kidding me what action this is sci-fi mess the, the okay <laughs> I, mean, I can't C- even cgi can't, mess the, the way this film is shot is Beautiful, like every shot is 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 moving. 
painting, the way it's choreographed. You get, you actually get to see it. This, this isn't one of those shaky They're cam just films. just jumping around, flipping around, and stabbing people. Like, what? I mean, what action? Honestly, like, the action in this film was was just blah. It was, it was just muddled. It was messy. It they, didn't feel like, it didn't feel substantial. It felt so substantial. Every different uh, fighter has their own fighting style based on where they come from. And it all comes back to the world that movie has built. Like, the yeah. way Jason Momoa fights is different from how the other house fights. You know what really had great action? Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's really the standard that we should be trying to reach over here. This ain't no Mortal Kombat. Well, you can actually see what the hell is going on in this film, in the action sequences. You can see the scale of it. You see the ships. You see the shooting. And it all has an emotional core. That's what's most important. Oh, you're talking about the emotional core of the story? Yes. Oh, okay. So, oh, poor little lost boy. Oh, look at me. Oh, I'm getting visions of things, bad things that may or may not happen. And, no. Oh, I see this girl and she's so beautiful and I must go to her. Oh, geez. Oh, come on. Get yourself. Just... Just get it together, I'm Timothy. talking about the relationships that are central. The betrayal of his house. His relationship with his father. Oh, you mean Game of Thrones? You know, did it better, right? This movie's just stealing. It's just a thief. No, this it's movie came first. This <laughs> movie did not this, come first. This the book movie came first. Don't say books. Yeah. <laughs> books. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a book. So it's based on your Macbeth. How about that? There's some betrayal. That's all right. 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 So I mean, just story, story. What? It just stole all of the emotional elements from other stories. Okay. Greek tragedies did it better. All, all right? right. All I'm saying over here. Okay. Just bear with me. All right, is that this movie sucks <laughs> because it is essentially just trying to dress up all of these stolen ideas and and make it look fancy and look look you know exciting and fun, but really all it is is half a movie, you know. And who wants to go see that? Uh, anybody who's ever watched Lord of the Rings, you know, like anybody who's watched any three of the Lord of the Rings movies, this is how it is an epic story that's built into chapters. And this chapter has its own beginning. It has its own end. It has its own catharsis. We get to a point where we really want to know what's going to happen next. Uh, and, you know, I think that Dune part two is uh, combined with Dune part one might be one of the greatest movies ever made. And with that, I feel like we have reached the natural conclusion of this debate. Tell me, Haisam, what did you really think? Uh, I. It's hard to describe how I feel about this film because I absolutely loved it, but I also have a hard time judging it on its own. I. I think once I watch part two, it'll be one of my favorite movies of all time. But right now it does kind of feel like it's half of an amazing movie. It's It's an incomplete film. So let's do it this way. Because we don't have a part two. Yes. Judge it as a part one. But as a part one, like look, try to look at it as a part one. And I was thinking about this, you know, because, you know, I've gone to see this movie already a couple of times and I'm going again tonight. This has quickly become one of my favorite movies of all time. I love this film, even though it's incomplete. Yes. Right? Because I have faith that if the second part is anything like the first, knowing the story, you know, that it's going to be just incredible. And I want to get as much 
of this film in my head on the big screen. You know, I want to see the scale of it uh, as possible. So I'm judging it based on it being a part one, which I know is not an easy thing to do, but I feel like it's a near perfect part one of 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 a of a of a, of a two movie you know uh, you know story. I left the film. I understand what you're saying, right? I, but I left the film dissatisfied, and I can't shake that shake that feeling, right? I left it dissatisfied partly because it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like Lord of the Rings. It doesn't feel like the Fellowship of the Ring because that film had its own beginning, middle, and end. This movie doesn't really have that. It doesn't have like a a structure. It doesn't have acts. It just kind of well, happens. It's one and a half acts. This film feels like it's this film. It, it, it's it's not uh, the Fellowship of the Ring because if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was also was it a trilogy of books as well? Yes. Right? So the Lord of the Rings trilogy, it was emotion like just just in terms of the book, in yes, terms of the, the source material. So I believe that it was at first when the book was written, it was written as one large book. But but then when it was, it was published, they were like too big. Let's cut it into three right. parts. So right. yes, the story Fellowship of the Ring is its own book, and Fine. they're all at their own. Book. Fine. And and the way that those stories were structured is that they had conclusions that then led to the next uh, s- sequence, right? So into the next story. This, this film, this book, right, needs to be complete, right? Because even the way that it's structured is that this whole first film is the setup. Yes. This is the setup. And you, it's like you're, you're front-loading all of the information and emotion and characters and, and all of the, the kind of... Uh, the betrayal and, and, and the characterizations in order for the release to happen in the second movie. In the second movie. And the second movie, I'm, su- I'm really excited about it because I know the level that it's going to reach, you know? Having, you know, read the books, having seen the original movie as well recently, yeah. I rewatched the 1984 version last week, which was just, re- just, uh, just so funny. I mean, it was funny. Um, that you know that what's to come is going to take it just beyond another level, you know? Yes, you're right. If you desire a true sense of conclusion, then you're going to end up feeling like, you know, like you're not yeah. going to get that, you know? You, get, you end on a, on a cliffhanger. You end on the idea of what's to come. Yeah. And it's not, even, that's, it's not even a cliffhanger, really. Like, there's no, like, you know what's going to... It's just... Well, you end on this incredible shot of someone riding the sandworm. Yes. You know, you end on the on the promise of revenge, of vengeance. Yeah. You end on the promise of this entire world that is now going to be, you know, uh, at, laid at, at, at his, at his, you know, available. This entire army that's literally going to be available to Paul to, to, to seek his, yeah. his vengeance. I just, I think as a, if I was to simply go like, okay, this is a movie. I'm judging this seriously as like what I saw on screen, right? I would go, I, I, I just, the story didn't end. Like it didn't, it well, started and ended. One. I it's know, part but, one. but what we're it's watching, literally called part one. but what we're watching isn't that when we go to, a, when I watch a movie, I'm watching that movie. And when I watch that movie, I want it to have like some kind of its own, like you know, it needs part to one be naturally needs a part two. Yes, but this is a film that was done not saying okay. If this is the thing, is that 
you know, movies that are trilogies, for example, a lot of the time, the first movie is a complete film. Yes. And then, oh, it does well. Let's do a trilogy because yes. then more people are going to watch it. This film is a risk. Yes. Because it requires the second part. Otherwise, it will never be complete. And, the, and I think... It's not a complete. That's the. I, it, it, we start. I, it's I, not a complete film. It's not. Right? It's not. No, and 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 that's why it's called part one. And, but what's on there is incredible. It's incredible. Right? That's what I'm saying. It's incredible. It is. Inc- it's just stunning. Right? It's stunning. It's like, a feast for the eyes. It's the acting is just so beautifully nuanced. The characters are so well developed. There's such great representations of the story of the book. You know, they come to life like. Everybody, in fact, I wanted more. Like there are certain things, there are certain characters like Duncan Idaho in the book. He has so much, he has, he has even more of an emotional connection to, to Paul. So the, the, the way that he dies is even more impactful, you know? So you understand that there are certain things that you can only do so much of, but you still managed to get pretty far. Like I felt like when he, when he was getting, you know, in the midst of battle and, and, and he gets, you know, he, he, he gets, uh, he gets, uh, you think he's dead and he rises up again and he attacks again. You feel that like rush of excitement, you know. Uh, there's a lot like Dune was one of those stories that was regarded as being, quote, unfilmable because it's just so vast, right? And no one has come as close to creating the uh, the 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 epic the epic nature connected to the emotional aspect of the story. Uh, and with the visual flair that I've ever seen before. What's uh, on uh, you know, screen is, is, it really, like when I said I cried from just looking at something, I did. I did tear up multiple, it wasn't even a one-time thing. Multiple times I teared up, not because of something was emotional. It stretches the imagination. But just because of what I was looking at. Yeah, like, it's like th- that this is the the visual product of, of a human imagination is just to think that things could be at the scale, yeah. that they could function this way. Like, okay, and the thought put the into thought all put of it. The thought put into it. Like, there's one example, which is a very small example, but it was of such a, it was like a masterclass in storytelling in one moment, right? It's how they explained the way that the shields work, right? One shot. All that, that happens is that he takes the knife, I think it's Paul, he takes, he turns on his shield, he takes the knife and he hits it fast against his arm and it doesn't penetrate. And then he slowly moves it against his, his arm and it penetrates. And you understand how the shields work. And it goes red and blue. And like red it just, and blue, that's you get it. One second. And like for someone to be able to boil down a concept into something so clear and visually distinct, that's a master. That's a master at work. And that happens over and over. That happens because, again Because that's what the film is. It's a lot of these concepts that's yes. all like being kind of thrown at us, but it all makes sense and it's all functional in this film and you've never seen it before and none of it looks like CGI. Like it all looks yeah, like... It does. It all looks, it all looks so just, real. Like it know? just does. Like the way it's lit, the way it's shot, the way it's framed. Like it just, it doesn't look like you're watching like, you know, like a, like a Marvel film with like no, CGI no, no. characters. It looks like you're watching real people in a real place. Like this looks like it's a thing. It's a thing I could walk into, to and it would be massive, and yeah. I and I would feel like chills like throughout my body. You know, yeah. yeah. And even in terms of the kind of the the actors, they're so good. They're just good. Like there's yeah. 
you feel it like you feel perfectly cast perfectly cast like you feel like oscar oscar isaac is you he's know so honorable right oscar he's, isaac is paul atreides he's so honorable and he just represents this like sense of of he's ju- justice and honor and when he gets betrayed you really feel how evil the baron is like oh. the way the baron is is represented you didn't realize it no, was and, he floats and he's this huge no i did not by the right. way so that's amazing right yeah. because he's just transformed now now the way that it's described in the books is that he's so fat and so so overwhelmingly uh, hedonistic that that he's become so f- overweight and so like unhealthy that he cannot walk yeah. and so he has these these anti-gravity devices that f- make him float around right so in the movie the 1984 version it's almost done as a <laughs> saw that. as a it's kitschy like <laughs> it's kitschy <laughs> yeah. thing it's very like spastic right yeah. In this film, he is so terrifying and so intimidating that when you see him float, you're just like... When it happens the first that, time, yeah. like this large looming and he, creature. And, and he this. has this trail of his, of his robe like hanging down. It's so menacing. Yeah. It's just, how do you capture that tone? How does, how does a, a, a film capture that tone so perfectly and make you feel real, like yeah. how scared... You, anyone would be in the presence of this evil uh, being, and the know? music and the sound mixing, oh, like the, jazz, everything is just the sound. The music, uh, <laughs> I couldn't can, can get out of it, but it, yeah. it, 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 it kind of makes you like feel something. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It makes you an, feel. It's an epic. It's an epic. It feels epic. Yes, right. Yes, it yeah. feels like, like this is what cinema is supposed to be. Right, like Denny Villeneuve is one of my favorite directors in general. Like Absolutely. he, he, he nails it. Like, and he's not just. I think what's really amazing about him is that he's not like a like Zack Snyder is a great visualist, right? Yes. But Denny Villeneuve is a great visualist, but he also has emotion and he's yes. a storyteller and this he, he combines both those yes. things yeah. right he's like the best of both worlds i think yeah. and yeah. that this movie really kind of stands out and you can see all of that put yeah. on screen there's a lot of detail and a lot of care and a lot of attention paid to the character interactions and their and and you know the 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 and he relies on the intelligence of the audience to put some things together yes which i really appreciated like for example even the first time that um uh that that that, that uh, uh paul's mother um what's his rebecca mother called? Ferguson? yeah rebecca Fer- the lady jessica uh, the first time she uses her hand signals to communicate God, it's cool man it's so cool because there's no there's no hint that it's yeah. about to happen and then you get it fully you know uh, and then they use it throughout. And then they the use film. it throughout, you know, when she wants to be secretive. And then the idea of the voice, oh, how the man. voice is used, it's just, you know, it really gets to you. The feeling of the voice, the way that it was visually and sonically translated, yeah. the way that it, the, the picture gets cut when the voice is used, that time almost disappears yeah. and the character just moves into a new position because they've been forced into it by the use of the voice, you know? Um, there are so many techniques that were like expertly used uh it, it, to, to make this world happen while still maintaining the emotional weight uh of it you know and so so it's just it's a feat it's a feat and a feast for the eyes as yeah. well you know so i absolutely love dune i can't wait for the second part i'm so happy that it's doing well 
financially because it feels like that's going to. I still feel like we're not going to get a part two. I think, I, I I think you feeling. just don't want to be disappointed. That's I why. think if we I do, think it's going to be four years. You just don't want to set yourself up for disappointment. Like at least. I mean, look, I I know that they want to start working on it next year. Yeah. You know, they're hoping to get the green light to do so, and. You know, I, I don't know. You know, you're you're actually a bit better about like uh, uh, box office things and 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 kind of figuring out like uh, you know um, the the technicalities mm. of 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 the yeah, industry. But even if we have to wait like three years or whatever for it, you know, I just want it to get made. Yeah. I think know? it's it's an expense. It's a very expensive film. It's made around a hundred million dollars so far internationally. But, yeah, but without domestic, without, without domestic, American domestic. Yes. But that's about. It's released everywhere, pretty much domestically at this point. And right now, I think last week it made around thirteen million dollars internationally. So maybe it goes up to like hundred and forty, hundred and fifty overall. Uh, then we have its domestic uh, thing. Uh, we don't know how much it's going to make, but um, probably let's say it. you know uh, more than uh, if it makes like Blade Runner twenty fifty numbers, then that that's a failure. Uh, yeah. but but so, uh, it's got so much word of mouth. It's got so much. I don't hype. know. I, it it feels like such a kind of a niche film. Like it's not. But a you would think that it's a niche film, but but. People are seeing it. People are yeah. going and watching I it. I think it's just kind of it. It. I think it is much more for us than like a general kind of audience who wants to go. And so I don't know how it's going to do. Right? Like Blade Runner was like that too. Everybody's like, "Oh my god!" So and then and it Blade did, Runner was beautiful, and it didn't know? do well. Like it didn't do well at all. Right? Yeah, but also Blade Runner was not. Um, I feel like. Even though Dune had the 1984 version, everybody forgot about that, right? Yes. Nobody really cared, no. cared about it. So Dune feels new. It feels fresh to most people, right? Yeah. Blade Runner 1984 did feel, I think, for a lot of people like, oh, it's a sequel. It's a, you know, so maybe. maybe it just didn't, it wasn't as attractive in that sense. But, you know, you and I both know that that film did have a major impact on, on you know, the sci-fi filmmaking world. Yes. and. And it's been, you know, visual, it set a new visual standard and everything. So I don't know. Look, I can't predict what's going to happen in terms of the box office for this film. But uh, it, it just, it's such a huge risk because it needs part yeah. two. If I, this film doesn't get a part two, then it'll never be. It'll, it'll be the biggest disappointment. Such a like, huge disappointment. Like I, I wish like they did it like the Lord of the Rings, where they just shot all both movies at once, and then they were like, okay, we're going to release it, right? But, but I don't know why. Like, like why? You know, I, I think, guess it's the cost. It's yeah, the money. I think it is because it is a risk, and I think just the fact that they were like, no, no, just make the first one. We'll see how it goes. They haven't greenlit the other film yet. You know, like all that just makes me go like, uh, what? What's going to? I don't trust. Uh, Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. <laughs> you I don't, don't trust Warner Brothers, right? They're going to make the next. But then, Space but then Jam. you got. But then you got to. This is the thing, you know. Like for God's sake, you know. Like take the money of Space Jam and put it into Dude. You know, screw Space Jam. That movie was complete garbage and really just meant nothing. This film is art. It's so beautiful. Yeah, Space Jam made more money than Dude, uh, and it cost less. Disgusting. <laughs> right? It's horrible. That's the thing. So I go like, okay, well, they haven't greenlit it. Like Free Guy, they greenlit that the, a sequel like two days. After it released, you know, yeah, like over here, I'm like, okay, what's gonna happen? But Free Guy was released domestically. Yes, this it has was. not been released domestically. It has. I not. think they are waiting for that as well. And I imagine that this cost more than Free Guy, right? No, uh, much more, much more, much right? more. So that's also a big part. Yeah, of it, so you it's know? you know, this is at least a two hundred something million dollars. If they're making another movie, like it's gonna co- like, 
like I think that I'm afraid that they're going to be like, okay, you know, let's make another one, but you get half the budget to do it. Like, you know, they like can't. they have to do it the same way they can. And that's the thing is that, you know, um, like it made money, but it didn't make enough money for us to but, make But we also go. have to remember one thing is that they are planning a much broader approach for this. Yeah. From my understanding, if I recall correctly, there is also a series yeah, coming out. It's right? not, they haven't done, it's just like- It's you, still rumored. This is, is what, what it they is? said about the Dark Towers. You know, they made right. the Dark Towers Yeah, but the Dark film. Tower was so bad. Well, that's, but they're like, okay, you know- That, dark was, that was very bad. But like, you know, in terms of, you know, it is this epic science fiction story that spans- You mean a, Stephen King? Stephen, Stephen King's, King's Dark, dark Tower? Tower, right? But uh, it didn't even, it didn't even, it didn't even relate to the book. Like it was such a mess. It <laughs> so, was so bad. But what I mean is like that is, in, you can relate it in terms of, it's a giant book series that is beloved by many people people that has like this story and then they when they were creating it they're like okay we're gonna create a whole series of this we're gonna make the first movie we're gonna make a tv show that's a spin-off that's like this other stuff and then you know that movie came out and it's terrible yeah. I, I didn't actually watch it but i've heard it because i've heard it's so terrible so bad uh it's terrible it didn't make any money and so they were like okay scrap everything <laughs> right and so anyway you know look the fact of the matter is you know, it's a wait and see situation, yes. but until then I'm going tonight to watch it again. So, you know. How many uh, sandworms would you give this on a scale of one oh, to 10? Man, I mean, it's just near perfect. You know, as far as a part one is concerned, I would mm-hmm. give it a 9.7. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to rate this in a weird way. I think that once part two comes out and I watch that movie, this will be a 10 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. This is a 10 out of 10 once part two comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Right now for me, it's like a eight. Because it's not Or like a 7.98 because like, I'm like. Where's the rest of it? I like, it's not, I have absolutely. I'm rating it as a part one. I'm not rating it as a complete. I think even as a part one, it. If it is a part one, then it's a failure of what, in my head, a part one is. Like, this feels like it is the first half of the first season of Game of Thrones. Like, you know, done to its absolute best possible, in the best possible way. But it's still... Incomplete. It's, it's still incomplete. Yeah. And I... I it's, it's basically like, it's kind of like... <laughs> It's kind of like what you said. It's a fluffer. fluffer. Where's the where's the where's the where's the release? Where's the satisfaction? You know, you gave me (laughs) such a hard on, like (laughs) the hardest hard on I have ever had. And then you left and said, maybe four years later I'll finish this, or maybe two, right? Maybe two. You know, they are saying it might be released in twenty twenty three. I I think that I'll tell you this. I think this movie is so good. That I have no doubt that when part two comes out, that It'll, movie will be a 10 yeah, out of 10 yeah, and this will be a 10, a 10 out of 10. 10. That's yeah, how good yeah, this yeah, film is. So but good. as it stands, for me, it's like a 7.9 and 8. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, but, you know, I feel like I, I, I don't think you can rate a movie that way, you know. It, but you have, you have to rate it as the thing that you saw. Yeah. 
right? And when I watch a movie, what I am looking for but is still, a, but, but how is it? But this is what I'm trying to say is that this movie is not complete without part two. It never tried to be complete without part two. Yes. It's not failing at not being complete. But you know I what think, I mean? So why does it lose points? I think you can still tweak it to make it feel satisfied. I think that there are it movies felt, that think, do it, felt, right? It I can't think of any other movie that's a part one that's just like that's like this like but i can't think of a, a single this, movie this like is, this this is a, a story that i mean i'm trying to think of, of a movie or a story that that's similar to that but it is literally half the book yes you know so so because it's like half the story yeah. like you know it doesn't have a conclusion for it has example a, a dot 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 it you know? chapter one right that's one book that they but that chapter one feels like okay it's a movie you know? Yeah, but that's because It Chapter 1 was about their lives as kids. And then yes. It Chapter 2 is their lives as adults. And that was always that always worked as two separate films. Yes. You know, that always worked as two separate stories because they had a conclusion. They defeated it. You yes. know? And and in this movie, this is the setup for the for the, rest <laughs> yeah, of the for film. For the movie. Like, yeah. So it's a so if I was to judge it just as a movie, then I can't give it points because what the things that I'm looking for is I think your what, plot I think structure I, and I, satisfaction I, and I see what you're off. saying. Like, I, I see what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. And I think there, you know, that is the frustration that some people have also noted upon leaving the film. Yeah. Is that where's the payoff? Yes. Right? Well, the payoff is part two (laughs) (laughs) i know i know and you gotta wait (laughs) so i really hope that it gets made thank you for listening to switch flicks if you loved or hated the show please do rate subscribe and leave some comments your support is the quid of our soul (laughs) 